Welcome to the Commerce Connect podcast from Digital River, an e-commerce and payments company dedicated to helping brands go global and grow their revenue. But this isn't about us. This is Commerce Connect, a podcast about people who are creating some of the best e-commerce experiences of our time. Listen on to hear from e-commerce visionaries as they look back on where they started and lessons they've learned that have gotten them to where they are today and what they believe is the future of online shopping. Hello there, I'm Mike Nicholas with Digital River. Our guest today has deep roots in e-commerce, helping some of the world's best known brands build their e-commerce strategy. In addition, he also has experience in product launches and creating customer experiences across multiple channels. Carter Jensen is the global lead for direct consumer at General Mills. Welcome, Carter. Thanks, Mike, for having me. Carter, you've been involved in the digital space from day one of your professional career, always looking for innovative ways to engage people in product, a brand, or an experience. I'd love for you to tell our audience a bit about your background and how you ended up at one of the world's most iconic brands, General Mills. Yeah, for sure. And first of all, I feel super lucky to be here. I've had a short tenure, but I think a really uh, exciting tenure here at General Mills for the last two years and joined in uh, June of 2020 from my basement in the midst of the pandemic. So uh, that's a whole story in itself. But yeah, as you mentioned, I kind of have a, a unique kind of hodgepodge of a background that I still feel super fortunate to have. I um, started out in the agency world, really kind of leading different digital experiences, um, starting you know, um, in the experiential space, actually kind of moved into digital strategy and eventually onto e-commerce and uh, peppered into that agency experience, did a couple startups of my own um, and also did some consulting, which all kind of came together into a, a unique mix that um, that I was able to bring to General Mills. And I think uh, it sets me up in a, a unique spot in comparison to some of my coworkers, but I like to think it's a little bit of a, a secret advantage as um, I come from, again, the agency world that, that brings so many different brands, different experiences together. When people hear General Mills, many of them think cereal, but there are many different products. Can you tell me a bit more about your emerging brands and the incubator program? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, of course, when you when you think of Mills, you think of Cheerios or your your favorite, you know, Betty Crocker product or Pillsbury. But um, of course, we're we're constantly innovating and, and bringing new products and new solutions to families across uh, the world. Um, we, our, our innovator or innovation program, our kind of incubator program, which is known as GWorks, um, is constantly looking at new areas of opportunity, bringing products to life. Um, what I think is really interesting, especially from my team's vision, when we look at commerce and kind of the future of commerce and bringing digitally native experiences to life, is that what's amazing is, is that these incubator programs have the best of the best people in them from an insights perspective, manufacturing perspective. We get to really flex our muscle of being this like global manufacturer powerhouse that we've been for a hundred plus years. But now what we're able to do because of the tools we have at our fingertips is pepper in some of the more digitally you know, savvy type of tools. Think about being able to launch a product on a direct-to-consumer channel in just under a week or two. And, and I think that's brought a really kind of new tool to the founders teams and we're excited to be able to support them at every step in that new journey. Very cool. And, and your experience in startup in the agency world, I'm guessing plays really well into the incubator space. Can you, can you bridge that, bridge those stories together and tell me a, a, about a recent success story? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think one of the reasons that, you know, the founders teams who are really holding the talent, really kind of the innovation at, at the core of all they do. Um, I, I think we've been welcomed into that world more than um, maybe some more kind of traditional functions, simply because I'm used to and our team is used to with the agency background and startup background, 
the speed that's just demanded by modern brands in the world we live in today. Um, if I walked into a meeting or walked into that founders team, you know, uh, kind of organization to say, yeah, you know, we're going to launch a, a D2C storefront, you know, it's going to be six to eight months and we'll kind of get our strategy locked first and then start moving into technical development. I'd be laughed out of the room. Our teams are, are really using D2C and some of these new digital channels to validate product market fit, validate naming, validate messaging, all this type of thing. So we're seeing storefronts launched in five, 10 days. And it's that speed and kind of tenacity and kind of agility that we bring to the table um, that I think integrates really well. So uh, a great example, we partnered with Dooley's, which is a, a probiotic product, uh, especially designed for kids. Um, and the founders team, it's one of our you know favorite groups to work with. And, and they were really getting their hands dirty, starting you know, their Amazon accounts, launching new D2C sites. And we came in and partnered with them and basically said, like, what can we help with? Like, how can we help kind of bridge the gap? We knew the founders were really involved. And um, there were days where we sat down next to them and said, all right, like, let's spin up your Amazon account. Let's see how this works. And we went through that whole thing or, hey, let's get your email program up and running. And, and obviously we don't take center stage in any of that. The, the founders keep, you know, a hold of the steering wheel and our teams in the background able to provide them tools and resources that they might need really to accelerate uh, that development even further. So um, we love these brands. We love all the things that are coming in the pipeline. Um, we worked with Good Measure a lot, which is another big kind of leading brand within that G-Work space. Uh, Dooley's, and there's a handful of others that will be launching over the next few months. Excellent. And a, and a huge benefit of that direct consumer channel that you mentioned is the data and, and capturing that data. You know, you've mentioned some pretty short timelines here or, you know, a week, 10 days, uh, three to four days. How are you capturing the data in that amount of time? Yeah, it, it's a great question. And as you can imagine, as I talk about using D2C or some of these new digitally native channels as a validation tool, really gathering insights, one of the things we're really proud of. So, you know, obviously, you know, we stood up this capability over the last 12, 18 months. It's pretty new for us at Mills here. Um, and when we offer this capability to these teams, it's not just saying, hey, here's a license and we pay for it, right? Or you should use the software. We think it's good. What also comes with that is all of the work that we've done behind the scenes in order to integrate those platforms into central general mill systems. So when you collect data on a site that's been launched in under a week, that doesn't mean you're not being compliant or you're not bringing the rigor of kind of the enterprise to the table. That means that you're just building a new experience for the consumer and you have all of that rigor, you have all that work that comes in behind the scenes. So every piece of data that we're collecting on these dot-coms is fully integrated, fully compliant, meeting the top tier standards of security and privacy. And the teams then can focus on what they do best, and that's testing their new product and connecting with consumers, solving new, solving problems that kind of the new families of today have. And we can lean on the work that we've done over the last eight months and, and take care of what was traditionally a barrier. Think compliance, think kind of the privacy, which is obviously the most important thing, but we didn't want, we knew that that couldn't slow down these founders teams. And so we've built that capability with this in mind, where we've done the hard work and so that we can bring that to the table and allow them to launch effectively and, and be able to collect the data that you mentioned um, in a really interesting way. So um, that's that's kind of on the compliance and the privacy side, obviously something that we would never overlook and, and kind of take kind of really kind of uh, priority on. I think from the data and insight standpoint, obviously we're collecting, you know, purchase data, but when you own the rails on direct to consumer, we're able to get every piece of data you could imagine. Where's the consumer coming from? How long are they spending on site? What are they doing on the site? How are they navigating? Are they filling their basket? What does that look like? Even return customers, are we seeing consumers come back? Um, and and that, that's just kind of at the core. And then we have other tools that we'll layer on top to really kind of understand further. Do we have a product locator where you're able to answer a few questions to really understand what product fits you best? These are all kind of 
tricks that we pull in to really kind of bring that other layer of data to the table to really inform the founders groups to understand, is this product going to work? Do you need to make iterations? How are you going to market it? Um, and, and I think that we found a ton of success in just like the last six to eight months as we've rolled this out um, with these teams in that area. And General Mills products are consumed by all ages of people. How are you strategically targeting those different generations with different dig digital medias? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I'd love to kind of look at both ends of the spectrum. Um, when you look at BettyCrocker.com, you know, people trust Betty Crocker in order to make the most basic to the most advanced dishes at home. I think what's interesting is some of our top recipes are simple things like chocolate chip cookies, right? Where people might, for the first time, making chocolate chip cookies. And I think you look at that as a really kind of powerhouse brand that has come to life in the digital way over the last 20 years here at Mills. And we're still one of the top recipe providers across the entire internet. And as you can imagine, our SEO is pretty powerful with both that kind of historical presence and just like that rich database that we hold. Um, and so Betty Crocker sees, as you can imagine, huge amounts of traffic and huge amounts of engagement. We're continuously looking at different ways where we can provide better experiences to our consumers through that. Now, that might be at one end of the spectrum, but you look at some of our other brands, think Totino's, think, you know, uh, Dunkaroos, think some of those types of things that are focused on, you know, maybe some of the younger consumers. And, and our team's focus is to say, how do we show up where they are and deliver a personalized experience that leads to conversion without kind of any points of friction. So if you look at D2C, for example, um, I often talk about really the disappearing of, of true dot coms where most of the time that we spend online now is on social platforms. I just read, you know, about two and a half hours a day we're spending mostly on Instagram and TikTok, especially these younger demographics. And so um, we were the first food and Bev company to really launch with TikTok storefronts. We're really proud of that partnership. We're doing some super interesting things with Meta and, and Instagram. And I think what we're seeing is, is that we now can leverage the new tools that they have to bring commerce to life on their platforms and look to kind of our traditional engine to power that, but also allowing the consumer to never leave that site. And so if I'm able to deliver you an ad on TikTok that allows you in one click to have a bag of frozen pizza rolls at your door in 20 minutes, thanks to a GoPuff partnership, like that's a great execution. Very different than the engagement we're seeing on BettyCrocker.com, but it's it's a little peek into some of the innovation that we're working on to ensure we're meeting that new, younger, digitally native consumer where they are and providing the best experience. How are you capturing the attention of the uh, of the different consumers? It seems like all of our attention spans are less and less and less. Um, how are you accomplishing that? Totally. Well, you know, you talk about the attention spans being less and less and less, and it just doubles down on kind of my previous point where. You know, we have a fraction of a second to catch the consumer. And so um, if, if we do catch them with our media and ideally, you know, our brand teams and our, our BX, which are brand experience group is, is leading some of the best, you know, kind of content strategies around. Uh, if, if we're going to ask that user to go through three different clicks and four different websites in order to make that purchase, uh, we've lost them already. Right. Um, and so that's just highlights just the importance of how we're bringing kind of commerce closer to the consumer and eliminating that friction. Now, Capturing them from a media perspective, obviously there, there is no secret that, you know, we've, you know, we looked at media heavily in order to kind of gain new consumers and really kind of uh, bring people into the funnel. Um, what we're looking to do, and it goes back to some of the stuff we've talked about in terms of data, is we're looking to say, hey, now that we own the rails for a lot of these sites and a lot of these brands, we know everything about the consumer. And we need to use those insights in order to really inform every piece of that journey to better serve them. And so you think of, 
where are we showing up with our paid media? How is it personalized? What's the messaging look like? And you start to see actually, which is interesting. I didn't think about that until just now. Some of the questions you asked about our accelerator program and look at GWorks and some of the founders teams there and the insights they're gleaning, we're trying to take some of that magic and bring it to some of our brands that are more traditional and actually scale it. Um, and that's where you're seeing some real differentiation in our performance media plans um, and actually using that first party data that we have in order to inform those. So um, that is what we're working on with each one of our brands to figure out what's the most friction-free path to purchase um, everywhere from top funnel awareness media all the way through that conversion. So shifting gears, let's talk about the team that you built uh, to do the work you're doing now. So building e-commerce channels for brands under the General Mills umbrella, all of which have different needs. Can you tell us a little bit more about your team and what they do? Yeah, I, I'm super proud of my team. And I also feel that we're very lucky that I found the individuals that we did in order to build this. Um, we started just eight months ago, um, really kind of looking in and, you know, what we lead is obviously the direct to consumer side of things, but also all the channels I've mentioned over the last 10 minutes, you know, D2C is not just the .com, it's everything that surrounds that. So it's a really, you know, kind of big responsibility. Um, we are a lean, mean team of four of us and we're a global force. And so um, two of us are, two of my team is located here right in Minneapolis or in our headquarters. Um, and the other leads are international efforts out of our London office. Um, and what's interesting and what I love about our team is we all come from really different backgrounds. And so if you look at, you know, one of the members on our team, she comes from a cybersecurity background where she led really intricate kind of enterprise level projects across really kind of uh, the United States. And she came in not with a ton of experience consumer facing, but from a D2C perspective, we're constantly learning and building new things each day. So the experience in that exact field isn't as important. And she's absolutely crushing it, really kind of owning this new engine of direct to consumer we're seeing, you know, expand across the globe. Where you see some of our other individuals who come maybe in a, a, a history of, of more traditional e-commerce, understanding the, the kind of ecosystems that we're working to enhance, or come from an innovation background where ultimately they helped other companies transform and differentiate. And what's great is we're all now focused on direct-to-consumer and we're seeing the work accelerate because of kind of those new offerings we bring to the table. So we are lean and mean. There's four of us. I like to say that we're the coach, not the quarterback. We obviously look to partner with each one of the brand teams in order to you know, have them build, you know, kind of their experience with us kind of leading from behind, making sure they have every resource, every check and balance at their disposal in order to launch some of these incredible experiences in 30, 60, 90 days as we really kind of tout, um, you know, proudly. Most recently, your team led the first ever live stream recipe plus shopping experience with the popular brand Pillsbury. Can you tell us a bit more about this and the results? Yeah, totally. Um, that was a, a really recent case study, so I'm really glad you brought it up. And what we saw is we saw other parts of the world really capitalizing on live stream, right? So if you look uh, at different markets around the globe, you see really people doubling down and seeing a lot of success from live stream. And you're seeing that seep into the United States market a little bit more. What we never did see was we never saw anyone really kind of bring commerce and bring that live stream shopping experience to food. And we thought like, who better to do that than us? Like, why, why do we have to let everyone else lead? Why don't we take the lead here and say, we want to be the first food and bev company to bring a shoppable experience to a cooking kind of a platform. And so um, we partnered with a, an agency here in the, in the States to say like, what do we need to build? What's out there? How do we make this happen? Um, and as you mentioned, we took Pillsbury and said, let's launch the first ever cooking kind of program that's, that has commerce enabled. So um, we did that with Pillsbury, as you mentioned, a really great influencer came in and she did this really incredible um, kind of 30 minute you know, cooking program, one of her, you know, uh, recipes, we simulcasted it on Instagram and TikTok and really kind of custom built this commerce layer because sometimes the platforms are, are still catching up. Sometimes they don't have the capabilities we need. 
Um, and so it's fascinating to really kind of look at how do we combine the influencer with live content, audience feedback, and then commerce all into one in order to really kind of create a one-click shopping experience from seeing it happen live in front of your screen on your phone to actually being able to purchase that at one of our customers. So say you want to add it all to your cart at Target, Walmart, whatever you might prefer. Um, we enabled that experience and we're excited to kind of learn from that, obviously, and continue to double down on that in the future with some of our other brands as well. And thinking about the future here, where do you see the world of CPG over the next five to 10 years transforming and changing? I think COVID played a really big role over the last few years here and a lot more people with deliveries, things in that respect, but curious your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. So obviously an incredibly broad question. Um, when I joined in June of 2020, I just felt so lucky as I mentioned this because there was no real industry that was changing more quickly, right? Than if you think food, grocery, CPG, kind of in the, in the midst of the pandemic. And so it's been a, a journey to kind of ride that kind of transformation. I think the biggest thing we have to acknowledge is just the vast amount of incredible consumer experiences that everyone has created over the last two years. Um, think of some of our great customer partners, you know, the idea of curbside pickup, you know, the Target app, working with Walmart or Kroger or GoPuff or Uber Eats or any of those types of things. You have now this incredible range of services and experiences that our customers have brought to life just in the last couple of years. And now I think it's something that we all use depending on our preference each and every day. I think we look at that and realize, how do we not try, how do we, how do we enhance that? I guess would be the best way to put it. How do we look at all this great innovation that's happening and say, how do we position our products best to take advantage of that? Um, and so a good example that, that we like to talk about a lot is some of the, the work we did around Ratio, which is a keto product that has bars, some brownies, some soft baked bites, um, some uh, the granola and a couple other products. And we said, we want to do a D2C experience for them. But we also know that our consumers don't only go direct to consumer. Uh, we wanted to intersect them online where they're looking for new kind of keto solutions and say, what can we do to help kind of drive that conversion, drive that purchase? And what we realized is we needed to build a digital ecosystem that provided the shortest, most friction-free path to purchase possible. So if you are intercepted with an ad for, for ratio, you get dropped right into our D2C.com. But what's great about that is we're not, you know, we're not selfish about any of it. So right on those PDP pages, you're going to see, hey, do you want this shipped to you in two days? We'll make that happen. If you want to just cross this off your to-do list and I can ship it in a couple of days from a 3PL, great. We'll have that on your front door waiting for you. If you want this every six weeks, you want to subscribe because you like the product and you want this delivered, you don't want to worry about it, great. Subscribe and, and, and we'll, we'll take care of that for you. But hey, if you're doing this at work and you're going to drive by a Target on the way home, like that's also great for us as well, because we are lucky enough as one of kind of the, the oldest and, and most fortified CPG food bev, you know, food companies in, in the United States to have distribution. And so ratio could be at the store down the road and we, we would never want to um, you know, avoid that experience for any reason. So what we're doing is we're giving the consumer all of the options and, and because of kind of our distribution, we're able to do that. And I think that's where we're going to see it go. How can CPGs come into the fold and provide just these amplified experiences for our consumers and provide the best experience possible, regardless of where they're coming from, the conduit they go through, um, and obviously leveraging our great customer relationships to do that as well. And innovation strategy, and I would say leadership kind of wrap up this uh, this podcast, but you personally, you're a public speaker, you're an innovator and influence yourself. Who influences you either professionally or personally or both? Yeah, I uh, appreciate the question, Mike, and uh, thanks for the kind words. Um, I think a professional response, and I'll, I'll kind of dive more personally as well. Um, a professional response is that 
what, what our team has always tried to do is look at the digitally native brands that we envy, right? Um, it doesn't have to be within the food and bev space either, and there's really no limits on it. So if you think of kind of the D to C darlings of the powerhouse, think, you know, Allbirds, Away, Glossier, like all these brands that really, you know, had their ups and downs, but yet kind of led the charge over the last five, eight years. Um, we love really looking to them and dissecting what they did in order to think differently, think outside kind of the enterprise you know, container or kind of the corporate world to say like, what tools did they use to launch so quickly and connect with consumers better and really kind of disrupt in different ways? Like, what can we learn from them? What, what technology tools or strategies can we pull in and emulate here? And of course you have to augment them to a degree. We have to make sure it fits within the corporate environment, whether it's from a compliance or technology standpoint. But at the end of the day, like we, we love to look at them from, you know, a, a professional standpoint. I think that's great. From a personal standpoint, like over the last couple of years, I've just been in awe of, of founders behind these companies. And it's been so much fun, especially kind of in the pandemic as Discord and these other groups have started to pop up, these communities have start, started to form, just to understand kind of the people who have their hands on the keyboard, their hands on the product, who are starting products from scratch, um, and kind of look to them to say, you know, wow, like you are doing everything um, possible in order to make this brand successful. Like, what can we learn from you? How do we, you know, potentially partner even, you know, how does this work? And, and how can we kind of look to you as an innovator within the space and take different, you know, kind of cues from those types of companies who are seeing traction really quickly um, and bring that into our business to not necessarily emulate, but just learn from and, and from a personal standpoint, I'm just love the speed, the tenacity and, and really kind of the innovation that's come from those types of founders over the last, especially two years as we've gone through this pandemic. Not sure if you're a regular podcast listener, but if you are, are there is there a podcast that you would recommend or a, a if you're not a podcast, maybe a publication of some type? Sure. Well, this podcast, obviously, but if you're listening to this, right, you know, you're already subscribed, but if not, send it to a friend, right? Um, yeah, I, I listen to to a ton of different podcasts, and I think it's not necessarily all of the, um, you know, specific ones that you might think of. Um, I had a a stint where I was on the OmniTalk podcast with Chris and Ann, great friends of mine, great mentors of mine. Um, they do a great rundown of kind of all things new and different within kind of the omni-channel space. Um, th there's a host of different things in there. The, the other thing that, you know, I always encourage people to listen to is, you know, I think we find ourselves kind of in the industry world and kind of in our own bubbles 24-7. I think I could listen to a new e-com podcast every single day. Um, and I, and though I would learn a lot, I think it's important to kind of get outside that box a little bit more. So I encourage you to, to subscribe to, I don't know, an outdoors podcast is something, you know, that I listen to a lot and, you know, kind of get your head out of, out of that, that world, because I think we're finding innovation and ideas come from a lot of different places. And oftentimes you have to get out of your echo chamber a little bit to really kind of understand different viewpoints. And so, um, that's what I would encourage from a podcast and kind of article perspective, um, and, and I think that's that's where I'll, I'll keep it because um, I think everyone's got their own kind of flavor of what works for them. But I, I encourage you to, to look outside the standard econ podcast and, and start to diversify your feet a little bit because I think some of the best ideas we've had have come from non-traditional locations. Before we go, if people want to learn more about your work or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, perfect question. So from a General Mills perspective, obviously, um, you can, you can, all of our brands have uh, our dot coms and obviously uh, uh, you can find us on your favorite social media platform. Uh, for me, uh, I am big into to LinkedIn. And so you can go ahead and uh, look up my, my first last name, Carter Jensen on LinkedIn. There's only three of us in the world and we're all friends. So eventually you'll find me uh, headquartered here in Minneapolis. Um, but that's usually the best way to kind of keep up to date with what we're doing here at General Mills and kind of what our, we're focusing on um, to see what's next. 
One of my favorite questions is any advice that you would give to anybody in the digital world, regardless if they're a college graduate or, or, or towards retirement? Yeah, it's it's a it's a great question. I, I think for me, something that continues to bring success, and I guess selfishly, is like look outside the traditional bounds of tools and solutions. We've been able to achieve the speed and kind of the um, agility and the success we've seen in a short amount of time because we didn't look to what was done two years ago. We looked to the true innovators in the space, these founders, kind of these small digitally native companies. As like, what tools are you using? Like, how are you getting the speed? How are you getting this traction? And I think what was interesting is, is you're realizing that we're not that different. You know, we can use some of these more nimble tools. We can use some of these more agile kind of tech stacks. We can use some of these more kind of, you know, non-traditional solutions um, because, we bring it up. There's no need to look at, you know, the five-year contract renewal that might be coming and sitting on your inbox. Like what might be different? How do you gain speed? What, what can you get rid of? That's just been tradition to really kind of look what might be new and different. And I think um, for some of the younger, you know, um, people within this audience, I would say um, don't be afraid to bring some of those new and different ideas to leadership. Because um, I think what we have found and what I've found over the last few years is that um, though it might be different, it's what they're looking for. They're looking for that speed. They're looking for that efficiency. And I think that um, traditionally we haven't even had that as part of the conversation. And I think it's a, a breath of fresh air that a lot of people are starting to see. Our guest today has been Carter Jensen, Global Lead for Direct Consumer for General Mills. Carter, it's been a pleasure having you today. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it.